Hey, welcome to church. Glad to have you in the house of God with us on this uh, Easter Sunday morning. Hey, one thing I wanted to put on your radar, if you haven't already got our Pursuit Fanny Pack, hey, we're handing these out for free this morning on Easter Sunday. Now, somebody told me they're coming back in style, and uh, so I'm not sure. For some of you, they never left. You just kept wearing them all the way through the 80s. But anyways, we're handing these out to our first 2,000 guests this morning, give you an opportunity to keep all your knickknacks in here. This is a COVID-safe fanny pack, and so we're going to bless you with that. Bless you with that this morning. And whether this is your first time with us this morning or you've been a part of our community for a number of years, we're excited to have you here on, on this Sunday morning. You know, in some ways today is, is pretty special, not just for our church, but really for the global church, but and yet in other ways, this Sunday is just another normal church service because every Sunday is Easter Sunday for the believer. Friend, we never cease to worship the resurrected King. And in fact, I would dare to say to you this morning that any day is a good day when you've been raised from the dead. The resurrection is not an analogy. It wasn't some sort of spiritual illustration. It wasn't a parable or just a story or a religious myth. The resurrection of Jesus is in fact a historical fact. It was witnessed to by the apostles. It birthed a movement of believers who willingly laid down their lives to follow this God. And I know that getting out of the grave is impossible and that's why it's so impressive that Jesus did. And today the tomb of Christ is still the only tourist attraction that people travel from around the world to line up and to see what isn't there. I have been to the tomb. It is still empty. I have been through the fire. Friend, he is still faithful. We have been in the valley. He is still our savior. Some of you have been in the hospital. He is still the healer. We have been in need, but this Jesus is still the provider. And I'm just gonna go ahead and say it this morning and irritate whatever religious demons we've got, but Muhammad is dead. Joseph Smith, dead. Buddha, dead. Marx, stolen. Darwin, dead. But Jesus is alive. And there are 6,000 world religions, but there is only one empty tomb. And so we're just gonna go ahead and declare every other God is an idol who cannot see and cannot hear, but we worship the one true living God and his name is Jesus. And that's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of all of your sins. But friend, if Christ has been raised, then that means these words are true, this God is real, this life is but a vapor, and one day when we close our eyes on this earth, we will open them in heaven, and we will spend all of eternity worshiping in His presence. And the good news about the resurrection is that the Bible tells us the same Spirit that raised Jesus now dwells in us and gives strength to our mortal body which means the resurrection isn't something God just did for us, it's something that he did with us. And when you put your faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ, that resurrection spirit empowers you and your eternal life begins the day that you confess him as Lord and Savior, the one who sits upon the throne of your heart. 
No, when Christ died, I died. And when he was raised, I was raised unto new life. I didn't just go from bad to good. I went from dead in my trespasses to now alive in Christ Jesus. And every day from that moment forward is another opportunity to simply declare that although the enemy thought he had me, Jesus went ahead and called me by name. Let me give you 12 reasons this morning that you can trust the resurrection. Number one, it was prophesied in the Old Testament. Number two, it was predicted by Jesus in the New Testament. Number three, the Bible records that his empty tomb was found by Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James. Number four, the resurrection of Jesus Christ fundamentally transformed the disciples from a bunch of cowards into courageous men and women. Number five, after Jesus raised from the dead, he appeared to crowds of upwards of 500 for 40 days until his ascension. Number six, the followers of Jesus remained loyal even unto death. Number seven, the followers of Jesus worshiped him as God. Number eight, the family of Jesus worshiped him as God. Number nine, Jesus' followers changed the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday. Watch, the early church stopped worshiping on Saturdays as Jews had done for thousands of years. And they suddenly began worshiping on Sunday in memory of Jesus' Sunday resurrection. The Sabbath was so sacred to the Jews that they would have never ceased to obey one of the Ten Commandments unless Jesus, in fact, had resurrected in fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures. Number 10, the ancient Jewish historian Josephus recorded the resurrection in the history books of the first century. Number 11, 2.4 billion Christians from all over the world worship Jesus as the resurrected Savior. And number 12, and maybe most importantly, the resurrected Savior is still changing lives today. Friend, Christ is the firstborn of all creation. The Bible calls him the second Adam. He rose from the grave on the third day. Scripture says that he is the fourth man in the fire. He's the fifth horseman in Revelation. He oversaw creation in six days, became our Sabbath rest on the seventh day. He was dedicated in the temple on the eighth day, died on the cross at the ninth hour, and today is worshiped by tens of thousands of angels who all declare worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, might, honor, glory, and blessing. And this Jesus is worshiped in the church today. In the Gospel of Luke, the historian Luke writes about that fateful day when Christ rose from the dead. And in Luke 24, starting in verse 1, the Bible records this story. Now on the first day of the week, Sunday, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But watch, they found the stone rolled away. They came with spices to embalm the body, as was their custom in the first century. But what they found was a tomb that was empty. 
They thought they were attending a funeral, but the father turned it into a celebration. The Romans and the rabbis cheered at the thought that they were getting rid of Jesus, but friend, God always has the final say. See, I know that the enemy loves to jump the gun, celebrating what he thinks are victories, but God's plan always prevails. I would venture to say this morning, there are things that the enemy has rejoiced at in your life that God is about to make your loudest testimony. There are some things in which the devil thought he had claimed to that God is about to redeem. Oh, he still turns mourning into dancing. He still turns sorrow into joy. He still gives beauty for ashes and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now I know you know this this morning but it bears repeating the stone was not rolled away so Jesus could get out. It was rolled away so that you and I could get in. I am inviting you this morning look into the empty tomb and tell me what you see. Gaze upon the claims of Christ and tell me what you sense. Well, I know that there's a lot of arguments that could be made, but when you see the empty tomb, friend, it answers every question. In verse three, Luke records, they went in and they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And as it happened, they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, why do you seek the living amongst the dead? And maybe, just maybe, that's a great question for you and I this morning. How many times do we still today seek the living amongst the dead? No, friends, you won't find new life in your past relationships. No, you won't find fresh strength in your old habits. You won't find joy, hope, and peace in the graveyard of your past dysfunction. Living water does not come from man-made wells. It isn't produced by dry, dead religion. But what Christ offers you will cause you to never thirst again. His resurrection power has destroyed the human narrative of death and decay. And if the grave can't hold him, it won't hold you. Hear me, this isn't good vibes. This isn't new age energy. I don't have any magic crystals or feathers for you to rub together this morning in hopes of conjuring up some emotional response. I am simply here to proclaim the good news. Jesus is alive and everything changes. The angels declare what we declare today. He is not here, but instead, he is risen. Angelic ministry always accompanied the life of Christ. The angels announced his conception. The angels announced his birth to shepherds watching their flock. The angels ministered to him in the wilderness when he was tempted by the devil. And now the angels are announcing his resurrection. Watch, when Christ rose from the grave, it alerted every angel in heaven and every demon in hell that God had not forgotten his promise. God would finish what he started and death is no match for his mighty power to save. Can you imagine the scene in hell when Christ rose from the grave? Chaos like you can't ever imagine. Panic like you've never seen before. 
They thought that they had killed Christ through the cross, but the only thing they destroyed was their own ability to torture and torment God's people. And when Christ rose from the grave, he rose not as a victim, but as a victor, and he now holds the keys to death, hell, and the grave himself. Friend, Jesus is alive, and that changes everything. Now watch. The Bible says his tomb was in a garden. And in fact, if you were to travel to Jerusalem today, you could see the garden that has been planted around the empty tomb that he vacated. This moment couldn't have been any more prophetic. The women are coming to weep, but the miracle is about to be revealed. The disciples are coming to pay their respects, but God has already raised his son from the dead. And although the tomb represented death, the garden would represent new life. Friend, your graveyard is just a garden that God is waiting for you to discover. In fact, what you think is dead, God is causing to come alive. What you think is lost, God is causing to be found. This is simply the type of Jesus we serve. Your miracle, already on the way. Your resurrection, already guaranteed. Your future, already sealed. And your eternal life starts the day that you put faith in the finished work of Christ Jesus. No, I'm not waiting to go to heaven to have eternal life. On the day that I confessed him as Lord and Savior, the day he sat upon the throne of my heart, my eternal life began in that moment, and my joy has been fulfilled in hearing his voice. Though Christ bankrupted the grave, he took back the authority that the enemy had had through sin over the lives of men and women just like me and just like you. The resurrection of Jesus wasn't just a moment in history. It was a moment that split history. And in doing so, signified to every believer from that moment onward that if they would put faith in the risen Savior, that although they would die, in fact, they would live again. The Apostle John, the closest disciple to Christ, tells us more about this story in John 20. He says, but Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and she looked into the tomb. She saw two angels in white and they were sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet. And they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, because they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus. But she did not know that it was him. See, friend, undealt with grief caused Mary in this moment to make a false confession. She says, they have taken away my Lord. How many times do we think God is missing from our moment when in fact he is standing right in front of us the entire time? You gotta learn the art of wiping your eyes and looking again. The emotional trauma of your circumstance works to blind you to God's reality. I know life might be tough. I know that these circumstances are beyond your control, but could you learn the art of wiping your eyes, stooping low and looking again? Could it be that Jesus has always been in your corner? Could could it be that this God has always intervened in the affairs of your life? Could it be that this God has always walked with you and always talked with you and always comforted you and you are just now beginning to recognize his voice? And Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? 
and whom are you seeking? Now she, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, just tell me where you put him, and I will take him away. See, it's easy to forget that tending to the garden of our life is one of the things that Jesus does best. Friends, sometimes he looks like the doctor healing all of our diseases. Sometimes he looks like the friend comforting us in our time of need. Sometimes he looks like the carpenter helping us rebuild on the ash heap of our history. And other times he looks like the gardener preparing the soil for what comes next. You are planted in soil today that carries resurrection potential. You are not too far gone. You are not too old. You are not too young. You are not too broken. You are not too dirty. The one with salvation power is here to take your graveyard and turn it into a garden. And finally, Jesus said to her, Mary. And at that moment, she turned to him and said, Rabboni, which means teacher. Here's what I love about Jesus. Is in the midst of these traumatic moments, following his crucifixion, his three days in the earth, and his resurrection from the grave, Jesus still takes the time to call us by name. Mary doesn't recognize it's him until he hears her call her by name. You serve a God today who has numbered the hairs on your head. He has numbered the days of your life. And friend, he calls you by name and I would just venture to say this morning by virtue of you sitting in these seats by virtue of you joining us online that there is a good God in heaven who has good thoughts and a good plan for your life who still calls you by name he doesn't call you by your sin he doesn't call you by your mistakes he doesn't identify you by your temptations your shortcomings or your failings he calls you by name and a God who calls you by name friend is simply worthy of all praise and adoration there has never been a story as good as the one that we've read there has never been a God as faithful as the one that we serve and he is still causing dead things to come to life even in this moment because resurrection is not just what he does it is who he is when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead he speaks to Lazarus' sisters and he tells them resurrection isn't just what I do I am the resurrection and I am the life and those who put faith in me will also have resurrection life flow through them. Friend, when Christ raised from the dead, it flipped the script. It changed the narrative. It rewrote not only your past, but your present and your future. It seated you in heavenly places. It invited you into right relationship with the Father. It declared you to be righteous. His blood covers you. His brokenness heals you by his stripes and by the iniquities that were laid on him. We have come into now wholeness and fullness of relationship. Friend, there has never been a story as good as the one that this book tells about this Jesus. And that resurrection life still works its way and through every graveyard season and every graveyard situation that we can face. I'm just here to tell you today, you can trust God with your present, 
and with your future. Friend, he is not done yet. Come on, would you stand with me as we close? Let me pray for you. Father, now in the mighty name of Jesus, we ask that you would do your best work both in our lives and through our lives. We thank you that on this day so many years ago, as all of creation held its breath looking for what God would do next, you raised your son from the grave. And so we're here today to say thank you. We're here today to celebrate and honor the reality of Christ's finished work. And God, we pray that in a fresh way that that resurrection power would come alive inside of each and every one of us in unique ways. God, we give you permission to take the tragedy of our life and turn it into triumph. We give you permission to forgive our sins and remove them as far as the east is from the west. God, we give you honor and high praise for what you have done and what you continue to do. Even in the moments that we don't recognize you, God, we know that you have been calling us by name. So we respond, here am I. We respond, Master, Teacher, Savior, Lord. We confess your reality in our life and we say, God, may it be true unto us according to your word. We thank you today that we serve a risen Savior who paid a debt he didn't owe because we owed a debt we could not pay. So God, today we pledge fresh allegiance to the Lamb who was slain to take away the sin of the world. May your resurrection power flow through this church. May your resurrection power flow through this community. May your resurrection power reverberate throughout this region. May it cause prodigals to come back home. May it cause sickness and disease to be healed. May it cause troubled minds to come into peace. May it cause marriages to be restored. May it cause kids to be healed. May it cause darkness to turn around. May it cause the dead to come back to life. We say, go ahead, God, come and take your glory. Do what you do best and we're going to give you all the praise and thanks for the mighty things that you have done we put our faith in a risen savior whose name is jesus and we say to the one who begun our journey and to the one who will finish our journey and to the one who is not yet done with our story be all praise and honor in the church both now and forever. In Jesus' name. Come on, all God's people said amen. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for joining us for Easter Sunday. Friend, we're going to be back here next Sunday, worshiping the same risen Savior, celebrating God in the same exact way. Why don't you join us? Invite a friend. Let's build the house of God together. We'll see you real soon. Happy Easter. He is risen, and he is risen indeed. God bless.